0: And to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. It has been a minute since we've done a listener episode, but I'm so excited to bring these back and especially excited to bring this back with a male listener. This is only our second one. Today I'm interviewing Zach. Zach is 33, he lives in LA. He six months ago went through a breakup out of an eight-year relationship in which they were engaged and had about 70% of their wedding planned. So we talk about so many things. I'm really so impressed with how Zach has handled his breakup and his perspective on the entire thing. Mind you, this is six months down the road and looking at it through a lot of hindsight, but we talk about why his relationship ended, which really came down to a difference in wanting kids or not. He wanted kids. His ex wasn't sure if she wanted kids. We talk about how even though breakups are extremely sad, sometimes they come with a decrease in anxiety because when you're not sure if a relationship is going to work out and then it ultimately ends, even though it's not the outcome that you want, it does take some anxiety off the table. We talk about how he addressed his sadness. We talk about when he went through the breakup he not only lost his ex but he lost his ex's family who he was really close to he lost a bunch of friends that he met through her and how he really said like he feels like he lost 30 people during the breakup so he talks about how he fills those voids he talks about what he really wished he knew at the beginning of the breakup and you know how he has navigated not having the wedding that he had planned and he he mentions he works in events and so he had so much, he was so excited about this wedding and the way he was able to reframe it is, is really beautiful and I'm excited for you guys to hear that. So I'm so excited for... Not only do I want to bring more males on this because I think it's important for men to hear other men going through breakups, but I also think it's just, it's just a great breakup story, and I think regardless of your breakup situation or who you are, you're going to find so much value in Zach's episode, so here it is. Hey, Zach. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being the second male guest listener interview. I'm very excited to have you on.
1: Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to chat.
0: Yeah. Could you tell us just a little bit about you and yeah,
1: just so we can sure. connect people with you? Yeah. My name is Zach. I have 33. I live in LA. I've been here about 10 years. I'm actually from the East Coast, grew up in Baltimore, went to school in Philly, and then moved out here with a bunch of friends like the summer after we graduated college. I've been here ever since and work in like events and experiential marketing. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, we're very close by. I'm probably like an hour away from you. So, so could you tell us a little bit about the relationship that led you to break up bestie?
1: Sure. So my ex and I were together for eight years. We met, I was like 24. She was a year younger than me. We actually met on this trip called birthright for kind of young Jewish kids. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. I did it with like one of my best friends from college. We actually did a New York based trip. So like out of all 40 kids on the trip, her and I were the only ones based in L.A. And so we don't want to say we hit it off initially on the trip. I was definitely the first couple of days really kind of pursuing her and trying to flirt with her as much as I could. And she was just kind of like, get this weird nerdy kid away from me. <laughs> but then eventually, I guess halfway through, I kind of won her over and then we started dating when we got back and worked together eight years and then got engaged about like a year before the breakup. And yeah. And then had our wedding date planned and all that stuff too. And then the breakup happens, which I can get to.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very significant relationship for sure. I mean, I'd say like, you know, all relationships are significant when coming out of a breakup, but eight years, you know, proposing, you know, planning a wedding date, that's very significant just a difference. little bit amount of time yes.
1: yeah no exactly And I mean we like met when we were I think relatively pretty long, young looking back on it and just grew a lot together and yeah get into it but she like halfway through the relationship went to med school and so like the second half of that we were kind of dealing with a lot of that and a little bit long distance and um Yeah, it's definitely a long eight years, but I think a lot happens during that period for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think obviously your 20s are like such formative years and like, you know, going through so much of that with a particular person. Yeah. So can you get into like how, you know, maybe a little bit of why the breakup happened, how it happened?
1: Sure. So we were living together. She came home one day in July and I just could tell there's something off with her. Like she like closed the bedroom door and like locked our dog out, which he's never done before. And I was just like, Hey, what's going on? I was kind of like, I think, what do you want for dinner? What do you want to watch for TV? And she's just like, can we talk? And I just immediately said like, are we breaking up? Like I just had saw this feeling in her eyes and she's just like, yes. And we talked about it talked a lot for hours. And then she kind of left that night to go stay with her friends. And yeah, I mean, it's weird. I would say it was both, blindsided by it but also like the writing was on the wall you know in terms of the engagement actually I proposed three times first two times she obviously said no she you know just had a lot of different doubts about why she had like saw some communication issues between us like she was just always kind of like why am I not as excited about this and spending the rest of my life with you as like I felt about her she definitely really loved me, but it was always just like, you know, she would see other people and see some of her friends get engaged. And she's just like, why am I not so excited about this? Why do I have doubts? And so we, you know, I think it was fall 20, fall 2020 is when I proposed for the first time. And then, you know, she spent a couple months working on some things, went to therapy. I tried to get in the spring. Then we actually went to couples therapy ourselves and worked through a lot of issues and things were kind of getting better. And then I proposed in September and 2021. And then we like got engaged. And the first six months from there, I think we're pretty, pretty great and smooth sailing. And we were both happy about it. You know, I would say the biggest issue that kind of defined our relationship or our breakup, honestly, was kids. She Mm -hmm. ultimately decided she didn't want kids and didn't want to keep stringing me along for it. This was obviously something that we talked a lot about over the years. You know, it wasn't something new that came up, but it, you know, she knew that, I always wanted kids and kind of grew up knowing I wanted kids and a big family. I think she actually spent the opposite of kind of growing up. Not sure if she wanted kids, you know, I grew up on the East coast. She grew up on the West coast for me, like growing up on the East coast, you just kind of got married in your twenties and had kids by the time you were 30. And like, that's kind of what you did. And if you didn't, like that's to say there's anything wrong with you, but like, I didn't really necessarily have a lot of adult role models in my life that were just married without kids and didn't, never really experienced like what does that life look like where she was the opposite she had family that like never had kids and she always kind of spent you know growing up and in her 20s being like I'm not sure if I do if I do like I would do because Zach wants them and like always was trying to get on board and it was over the years a lot of very back and forth of like do I want kids I'm not sure how many you know compromising on how many kids we would want and a lot of that I think she was dealing with again, the fact that she was going back to school. So she did a big career change and decided to go to med school halfway through our relationship. And so I think, and that was really tiring and toxic on, on her. And so I think she just had to spend a lot of time really focusing on that. And a lot of the brain Yeah. focusing on getting through med school and then COVID happened. And like, it just was a lot of like back and forth on, on the, the kids element. And we honestly like went into the engagement thinking it'd be a question mark because okay. that was one of the Big things holding up us getting engaged, and when we were in couples therapy, like the summer before, eventually got engaged. Like that, the therapist just kind of kept bringing it up a lot to me. She's like, "You know, if you really are kind of dead set on getting engaged this year, you know, she may not have a definitive answer for you." So it was kind of more up to me going into the the engagement, like with a question mark. Like we may have kids down the line, we may not have kids down the line. And so I always was at this point where I was like, you know again, I always thought I really wanted kids based off growing up in my environment, but I was kind of at the point where I'm like, well, I really love her and like love my life with her. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to break up with her now and then regret it down the line. If like she decides that she definitely wants kids later on. And so that was kind of my perspective of like, well, go, it's okay going into the engagement and we'll, you know, it's a question mark if we have kids or like, we'll see where our life takes us. And like, yeah, I know for me also at the time, it was interesting because I was, I was 31 and I was the same age my dad had me and I'm the oldest of four kids. And so I was just kind of like, I'm 31 and I'm nowhere near ready to have kids as of now, like the age yeah. my dad had them. So like, I just was always like, it's not, I thought I would regret it if I broke up with her when I, I wasn't 150% dead set on like, I definitely need kids in my life. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I actually wanted to ask you, so you said like you were both blindsided and the writing was on the wall. Do you feel like the writing wasn't on the wall until a little bit like like more in hindsight kind of a thing or do you feel like you kind of like when she walked in and said you know can we talk like was the writing already on the wall then for you
1: I mean it really was I would say for the past couple of years before that so you know almost year and a half I would say between the first time I proposed and when we broke up I think a little bit more and basically like when she went a way to go to med school, like fall of 2018. That was looking back on it. It was the halfway point of our eight-year relationship. So like the first four years, I think honestly were great. And then we just kind of started growing apart a little bit because we did a little bit long distance. It wasn't too bad. It was like an hour and a half drive away and we would still see each other on the weekends. But when you live with someone and sleep next to them every night and then yeah. only see them one or two nights a week, plus she was so busy with school and, and studying that like we didn't really do many social activities together necessarily. So it definitely like drove us apart a little bit. And then I was always under the impression like, okay, she gets out of school, we get engaged, we start our life together. So I was kind of always viewing that goalpost of like, all right, she's done October, 2020. Like let me save up, get the ring ready then, you know? And then she, I think just was so preoccupied with, with school. And this was an insane expedited program that I think she just was so focused on that and like getting through it that, you know, we weren't, fully on the same page with that timeline i guess yeah and so when you know i proposed the first time like is when i would say all of the doubts were at least visible to me and i would say like that's kind of when the writing on the wall started, started. so like we okay. were constantly talking about it ever since october 2020 because i always felt like i was living in purgatory in a sense because i'm like yeah i have this ring i'm ready to get engaged i've been waiting for years like I thought we were under agreement that you were waiting to get through school, so you kind of were more confident with yourself and what you're doing with your career and your life. and then we would start our own life together. And so it was a lot again, spent months of her working on it. Then we tried again and did a couple's therapy. And there was always like she you know, was trying to communicate as much as she could the doubts that she had and why she had them. And there were some days where, she seemed great and she was happy. There were some days where I could tell she wasn't and she was keeping things bottled in and wouldn't really communicate them. And then there were other days where we would talk about it and it it was both helpful. And I was glad we were talking about it, but then there were definitely some days where I was really happy and I thought she was, and then she would, you know, I would say something about like whenever we get engaged or something and she'd be like, well, I'm still having doubts. And like that would kind of trigger something in me and would be like a 180 turn yeah. of like, Oh no, like, well as I think it is and like so it was definitely always prevalent in that like year and a half especially you know again we got engaged September 2021 20, in the first I would say six months or so I thought we're great and we seemed happier and like and then she just you know occasionally in the spring would like bring up like well no I still occasionally have doubts and again that to me would kind of not come out of nowhere but would just be triggering in a sense of be like oh wait this isn't Smooth sailing necessarily, and I always yeah. was just like worried about having that feeling of like, what if this doesn't happen?
0: I like to use the word purgatory because that's definitely how I would describe something yeah. like that. Where you're like, did you have a lot of anxiety in that year and a half? Would you say?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, it was a lot of just like, is this going to happen? Hopefully, like, what do I need to do to make it happen? What am I doing wrong? What can I work on like better for myself? It was also you know, still in the thick of the pandemic. So we weren't really being that social. We weren't doing a lot. She was treating COVID patients at a hospital and was dealing with like the worst case scenario of what you could do. Like it just was a very stressful time for everyone, especially for her doing that. And I also then in the spring of 2021 was laid off from a company and so then spent six months kind of unemployed and was worried about getting another job and then being like is this going to work out because I always was just I think during that purgatory year I was very much like you know if this isn't going to happen and if she doesn't want to get engaged like not to say that's fine I would have been like heartbroken but I'm like I kind of want to move on with my life because my perspective was very much like I-, I waited a few years for her to get through school and to help support her through that yeah. thinking like that was the end goal and like if that isn't going to happen like you know it's time to to for both of us to move on with our lives, and so yeah, I definitely had a ton of anxiety about it. I was thinking about it so much to think, especially because I didn't have job at the t- time. That yeah, that's it's
0: a lot of time I, on your hands,
1: right? My brain was just like I was just walking around all day, and my brain just trying to be like, how do I fix this? How do I fix the relationship? How do I fix getting a job? Like that's when we were doing couples therapy, so it would be I think it was like Wednesday nights, and I would spend Wednesday like nervous about what was going to come up during therapy, and then the next day like was playing like Monday morning quarterback, thinking about everything and just being like, just spending so much time on it. And, you know, again, if I had, if it wasn't in the pandemic and I had a job where I was going out and socializing with people during the day at an office, like maybe I would have felt differently about it, but it just was like, it's kind of my big project of that time of like, how do I fix this and get through it? I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, so obviously when the breakup happened, there was a lot of, pain and intense emotions and all of those things but just because we're talking about this anxiety was there any part of you that felt any sense of relief and maybe that came later but just like to have even though it's obviously not the outcome you wanted was there any sense of like okay at least I know where I stand like officially
1: oh yeah okay so like I remember calling my like best friend that night and just being like yeah there's a sense of relief and a little bit of excitement here because I think like she ultimately I knew deep down like she was not the right person for me okay especially because of a lot of the issues over the last couple of years but I didn't I don't think I had like the courage to actually break it off for a few different reasons and like and so I just I remember specifically like the day or two after the breakup like I would always have this not always but like would have this voice inside my head that would just kind of be like this isn't right you shouldn't go through with this like especially with all her doubts. Like what if she like turns away the weekend of the wedding or like, yeah, that voice just completely went away the day after the breakup. And like, I remember like realizing that and being like, Oh my God, like this is like, I feel free now in a sense. And like, again, relieved. And I think the, the biggest thing for me and the biggest reason why I don't think I would have ever had the courage to do it was just because I was so close with her family and like really established a life out here. Like, As I said earlier, like I grew up in the East Coast, had to, you know, make the difficult decision of like moving 3,000 miles away from my family. My parents and all my siblings are still on the East Coast. I see them pretty frequently, like three or four times a year, which is great. And we are all very close, but it still is
0: hard when you can't just,
1: Yeah. yeah. And you can't just easily like hop in a car and go see your parents or your siblings. And so LA for me, like I met her year, like a little over a year and a half after I moved to LA and Ellie really didn't feel like home until I met her and like her family was so welcoming as soon as I met them a couple months into it always spent holidays with them they always were just you know they live 45 minutes away so it was always like if anything goes up like we'll go to her parents house like for emergencies or like they would give us rides to the airport sometimes and just like we were so close with them and her parents truly like made me feel like part of the family like they were my second my you know California based parents and like was so close with her family and like after we got engaged, like it was really like, all right, like I'm spending the rest of my life with these people. And I think the hardest part of the breakup was like, you know, between her family and her friends that I saw regularly, like there was 30 plus people that just immediately were just like cut out of my life. And that like, I never talked to again, we'll never see again. And like when you're shocked and blindsided by it, that's like, I think what really hurts and what you're like grieving the most. Yeah. And as said earlier of like when the breakup happened and when was talking about, like I saw the writing on the wall. I think a reason I was so blindsided by it was like random, but like we got in a random fight a couple weeks before. And I remember like being like, all right, where do we go from here? And she saying like, well, we keep moving forward like we always do. And like so I never actually thought from her perspective that we were going to break up, I think. So that's kind of what the blind side came from in a way.
0: This show is sponsored by
1: BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As
0: you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. 11 years I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Obviously, there are some breakups that are more blindsiding than others, but I do think in any sense like a breakup can be just blindsiding because it's like you touched on it, but like you just have no idea how much it's going to impact you. Like I just think like we don't address how much a breakup comes with and entails. You said it perfectly. Like you didn't just lose your partner. You lost 30 people like that, you know, you know, losing like, losing that family and you know going through all that it's you're not just you know it's not just mourning one person it's like mourning you know this huge thing and then you know if we think about like all the roles that our partner fills and all the roles that those 30 people filled for you it's like we just look at oh, so many voids you know that we have all of a sudden in one instant like that's extremely blindsiding to just yeah. not even realize the full impact of it until it happens and i wanted to ask you cuz i think this is something that's common but like we have the writing on the wall. There's like the anxiety gone, but obviously there was still a lot of pain involved. Did you ever kind of invalidate your own feelings around it by like saying like, you should have known this was coming or like, did you argue with your feelings of pain around the breakup or were you pretty accepting of them when they came up?
1: I think a mix of both. And I think in some ways I still am like in some ways, like, you know, you're still hurting so much. And I'm in so much pain that it's like, yeah, the writing was on the wall. Like, of course she was going to do this. Of course, I should have listened to my family and friends earlier. Like maybe I should have done it years before, you know, to like have more control and power, but you can't change anything yeah. in retrospect. Like, I don't believe in like having regrets and looking back in the past because you can't do anything about it. Like it's called High tide 2020 for a reason. Like, again, in the moment, like I loved her and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And we, we're working through things and things are progressively getting better. So I just was like, yeah, we're going to keep moving forward. And like, we also were together for so long that I just was kind of like, yeah. I mean, like, it's not like a marriage is always easy or full sailing or smooth sailing. Like that's kind of like what a relationship can be sometimes is like the good times and the bad. And so I always was just keep, you know, was trying not to focus on, on those thoughts too much, but there's definitely you know, I'll get into like the logistics and stuff, but like my life was pretty messy for a few months after, especially in some ways still is. And so like, I think that's what kind of some of the anger sometimes comes in from. Yeah. But like, again, it just doesn't help too much of like looking at the past from that sense because you can't change it. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me during all of it was like losing her... I know it was interesting because whenever I like saw her after it, there weren't any confusing feelings of like, we should get back together or like you are my person or yeah. like you made a mistake. Let me try and convince her. Otherwise, like there were definitely a ton of feelings of sadness, but it was more looking at the past and the future. Like it was more missing my best friend for eight years than like, Oh no, like you're, you are my person moving forward. Like, how do we fix yeah. this? Like, and so in that way, like it was, I was, I was always kind of on a sen- at a sense of peace because of it. And like that, I didn't have those confusing thoughts of like, no, she made a wrong decision. Like we can fix this. Like I did something wrong and I can make it better. Like I truly always was like, this is for the best for both of us. I'm glad she did it because I couldn't have done it myself. Yeah. But there was a ton of sadness and grieving of the life with her and the family and, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I'd call that like just plain sad breakups where it's just like, sure. it's just, it's so sad. And and those are so hard to deal with. It's like, yeah, we have the, you know, in a lot of ways, great that you were able to just have that like clarity on it so early on. I think a lot of people don't have that, but yeah, the like, And you know what's interesting is, like, I truly believe that we spend a lot of time, you know, kind of arguing with ourselves and, like, no, this is my person because we don't want to have to get to that just sad part because that's not – it's, like, not a fun emotion at all. Like, anger, you know, anger is not necessarily, like, a great emotion, but, like, anger kind of is energizing and, like, there's some kind of fuel to it. Sadness is just, like – well, fuck I'm just sad you know yeah and so I think a lot of people spend a lot of time in those other places because they do want to avoid the like sadness kind of core of it what were some things you did in the early days that that helped
1: I remember the first couple days like I don't know it was this like weird feeling and like sensation in my body that I've never felt before like didn't want to eat for the first couple of days sleeping was obviously hard like just did not want to be home with my thoughts so it was a lot of like calling friends and obviously telling what happened and just like calling to chat and then going and visiting friends. And then that's actually, I think it was like day two. I went, drove like an hour to, to go down to the beach and visit a friend. And like, I was like in the car, my sister who went through a breakup earlier was like, she was like, I can never listen to music for the first couple of weeks. Cause yeah. you're just alone with your thoughts. And I was like, Oh God, I can't do that either. <laughs> and I was like, let me put on a podcast. And my normal like movies and sports podcast just seemed like insignificant at the time. And like, that's how I found your podcast. And that's like why I think I reached out and wanted to say thank you because it just was so helpful, like filling the dead space with like a productive way of just hearing all the tips you would share and hearing other like user stories. And like, just during that time, you're like, all right, this sucks and this is awful, but like this will get better. And so like, would again listen to podcasts podcast whenever I could, would hang out with friends as much as I could. Actually, it was like, in a way, convenient timing. And I'm grateful for her for this. But five days after the breakup, already had like a family vacation plan so like that was already in the works right exactly and we just went out to the beach and had like a pool house and just it literally was just me vegging out for seven days trying not to think about anything and just hanging with the family which was great and um was so supportive and then had to like come back after that and like a week and a half later and then try and like figure out like okay what's next and all the logistics of the apartment and all that stuff.
0: How did that all go? Because I think you mentioned a dog too.
1: Yes, we have a dog. Okay, We had a dog. He's now my dog. I think that was one of the first things when, first things, but like the night when it happened, I was like, all right, well, I'm keeping Wiley. And she was very grateful for that. She didn't really put up a fight or anything. Okay. Again, I also like was home all day. I worked from home. She worked in a hospital. And so, like, it just logistically, she was yeah. like, you spend more time with him anyway. The dog was one of the biggest life changing and eye opening things for me because, like, we only got him five months before oh, the wow. breakup happens. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I would not have him in my life if it wasn't for her because one of her friends posted about him on her Instagram. He was, like, found in her alleyway in Koreatown. And so it was like, living on the streets for a month. And so, like, we only had him for five months. And I, you know, at the time would have never gotten a dog if I thought five months later, I'd have to take care of him by myself. Like, it was always like, oh, we're getting him because we're doing this together and now we'll be a family. And like, there were so many things that she did between like the vet stuff and ordering his food. And like, I would be the one walking him most of the time and take care of him during the day that like, then it was just like, oh, wow, now I need to be like a full on single dog dad and like, take care of this completely while I'm, also trying to take care of my own life and like not break down every day and like figure out how to do this. And the first couple of weeks were fine. And then, you know, it's completely honest. We had an incident, mid-August I think like three weeks later where he got into a backpack I had that I took to the movies the day before I went to the movies with a bunch of friends and he ate a giant bag of my favorite candy raisinettes and had about a hundred of them and then was in the hospital for five days and we were not sure if he was gonna make it and he's great now he's right here okay but it was in some ways like that week where he was in the hospital was worse than the breakup week because like at least the breakup week I was like all right, like, this wasn't for the best. There's a better person out there for me trying to spin it positively. And then when he was in the hospital, I just was like, Oh, my God, I almost killed my dog. I've only had three weeks. Like, this is over candied something so stupid. Like, yeah. And like, it was also just I mean, again, I'm grateful. He's okay. It was a couple grand later, but he's survived. And I'm like, so grateful for it. And if anything, it was a good warning wake up call for me. Because at that moment during the breakup, I was just like, going nonstop because I didn't want to feel so, uh, with my thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, probably spending six of the seven nights a week out of the apartment, hanging with friends, trying to volunteer going on dates, like doing all these things. And then I just was like, all right, like I need to slow down. I was the one who said I wanted to take care of this living creature. I need to make sure that I'm always focused on him. And like, that forced me to really like be like, no, it's okay to spend a couple nights in this apartment, chilling, watching TV, like you're going to be sad. That's okay. Like you should be and just like, don't push away the emotions just feel them and like yeah so again he's all good now but it was a weird just taking care of a dog yeah
0: yeah I mean forces you you to get on walks especially when you want to just like veg on the couch all day it kind of forces you to do that but I actually think that's like a very common experience of like because I do think we all need to learn a balance during a breakup of like distracting ourselves but then also taking some time to like sit still and I think none of us know that balance and it's different. I couldn't even tell everyone the balance. It's like so personal to each person. But I think I remember going through that. I was like you, I went like hard. And then I just crashed one day so bad. Like just someone asked me like how I was doing. wasn't even thinking about the breakup. And I just started like sobbing to this person. And I was like, Oh my God, I think I need to like take some time and like feel some of these feelings. Otherwise I'm going to just explode. So I think that's like a common thing of like learning how to, okay, we need to have a balance here. I do need to spend some time like with my thoughts and feelings, even though they're not fun, like they're going to creep up anyway, regardless of whether I take the time to feel them or not.
1: Yeah. That's definitely one of the biggest things I've learned in therapy is just to like, let the emotions pass through you when they happen and like be sad and don't suppress it. And when you're angry, like, do it in a controlled, responsible way. Like if you suppress the emotions then they just get worse and like, yeah. you know, when you think Come about out sideways, it, exactly. And like, like, no, like there's times I should be really sad about this and like, just let it happen. And like, you know, even now, sometimes it's like, all right, if I need to cry, like cry for five minutes and then like you're over it. And then I'm like, all right, like it's all done. And let me move on as opposed to like, trying to deny those feelings and then kind of, and that can go on worse, for like weeks.
0: Right, yeah. And you exactly. have like this like sinking feeling or like this anxiety in your chest that goes on for weeks. Exactly. What would you say? Like the biggest thing you've learned about yourself during this breakup has been.
1: Ooh, when I was with her, I wasn't the best version of myself. Hmm. I think we both were in a way. And, yeah. but I'm definitely even now, like more confident and like, of myself i think in a way and like this whole experience has made me get out of my comfort zone more than i did before even just little things of like going out more on saturdays being social like with friends like trying new bars and restaurants like as opposed to just like staying and watching movies and like i think like finding that confidence again and like i mean like my friends call me like wacky zacky sometimes like i think i just like wasn't always like that with her i was a lot but like i So I use like smart bulbs, like all through my apartment and like where you can change the dimming settings and colors. And like, I would say like, I don't know, when I was with her, I was like 70% of my true self sometimes. Like it was good. Like, and I was definitely happy and I was comfortable, but like, I was not the full brightest a hundred percent. And like, I don't know if I'm necessarily there right now, but like, it's definitely getting there. And I definitely think I'm more confident. And I think it's like, once you realize that, like you'll get through this moment, like you will be so much like stronger and better off for it. Like, yeah, in a way, I feel like I'm like, kind of came into the new year being like, I feel like I'm impervious to pain now in a way, because it's like, there's not much else that people can do other than that, you know, like being with someone eight years and then being like, no, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with you just kind of sucks. And it hurts. And it's like, yeah, Now there isn't a lot else that I feel like will hurt as bad as that. And that kind of makes you invincible and powerful in a way. Like,
0: I think that's a great way to put it. I always say like, I kind of use the term like freedom. Like I feel like breakup, knowing you can go through a breakup gives you like kind of this freedom of not, I can tell you like, you're not going to be in a relationship in the future where you can't be yourself or like that you feel anxious. Cause you're like, yes, no, I'm not going to put myself back there because I know I can be Okay not in a relationship. So it does give you this like huge freedom moving forward, not just being single, but also like in a future relationship that you have. And I've had like a relationship end because the person didn't want to get married or have kids. And like Mm -hmm. now being married and having a kid, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that I almost didn't have this because you know, I almost agreed right. like not to have this because I wanted to be with someone so bad. So I think like, you'll definitely have that experience, like in the future, if you do decide you want to have kids and like, end in that yeah. relationship, you'll be like, I can't believe I almost missed this because of one person.
1: No, I, I appreciate that. And that's exactly how I feel. Cause there were so many days where I was, you know, throughout this six month process where I was really like, Oh, kind of jealous of like my friends that either were married or married with kids. And I was just like, Oh, you guys have figured it out. And like, I was like, no, like I'm going to get that one day. And now in a way, like I will get both. I will eventually have like the marriage and the kids and now have this like amazing single experience where I meet new people and try new things and like become a more confident version of myself that, that like, you know, at the moment don't need someone to help fill up that part of my life and can be more confident by myself. And like, I read a really good book over Christmas about how to be single and be more, you know, like kind of find, yourself outside of a relationship and they give this metaphor of like coloring in your own picture and not like relying on someone else to kind of color it in for you. Like yeah, not, you know, debunking this theory that like, Oh, you should go find your better half. Like it should be more or like, missing puzzle f-
0: piece. Yeah.
1: Right. Like you should find yourself first and like find that like love within. And then like, you will find a better person that like complements your life and like fits within that as opposed to like makes you whole. And like, And yeah, another thing for me was really just, I was so bummed, honestly, that like my wedding was canceled. And like, because we had so much of it planned out, probably like 70% or so, like enough of the big pieces. Yeah. We haven't even
0: talked about that. That's like a huge thing. (laughs)
1: Did you already like
0: invite everyone?
1: We didn't send out invites or anything. We told people the date though. Like it's, it's coming up this June 24th. So like we were still a little bit less than a year out, but like I mean, we had all the big pieces planned of, we had the venue set, like almost had the band, almost had the like set list. My bachelor party weekend was planned. Like it was all these moments that I could visualize what the wedding was going to look like. And then it was grieving that that wasn't going to happen. And especially me as an events guy, like I, you know. You're probably so
0: excited about it.
1: I had so many ideas and project plans and timelines of like, how do you make the perfect wedding and like all that stuff. And it wasn't really till I realized of how to reframe it of like no my wedding isn't canceled it's postponed like I'm gonna get it eventually but it is postponed indefinitely I say because of creative differences it's they say a lot in the movie industry when something gets pushed back and yeah and so it just had to be like you know it also honestly was eye-opening for me when I was upset about the fact that like my wedding was canceled, and I can't have this big party with my friends and family as opposed to, oh no, I'm not getting married to my ex. Like, that's what was. Yeah. The fact that, like, I was more upset about the actual event than the marriage is what made me realize, like, no, that's the sign that, like, this was not meant to be and that this is for the best. And, like, if anything, it also puts a little bit less pressure on whatever the wedding happens. Cause again, I think I spent most of my life, especially most of my twenties. Cause we met when we were pretty young, like, and I knew like, I think within a year or so that I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to propose to her. Like there's a lot of waiting and like anxiety and being anxious and excited for a wedding. And then now that it's you no know, idea when it's going to happen, like, I don't know, just takes pressure off whenever. I love person, that. I guess.
0: That's like a very beautiful reframe. And honestly, I kind of hope you still take your bachelor party and just t- make it a guy's trip, just rebrand it.
1: We, um, two of my best friends, I was going to have co-best men. We went, we did like a little Vegas trip in December and it was not, it was not Zach's bachelor party, but Zach is a bachelor party and. Oh my God. I I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, no, it it was a blast and great hanging out with them and like, yeah. And again, eventually I'll have that real bachelor party one day and we'll see.
0: I obviously know like this is, you know, months later, but the way you've navigated this breakup is very commendable and graceful. And obviously, I I know there's probably a lot of messiness in between a lot of this and you're, you know, you're speaking about it from the other side. But, you know, I'd love to hear, like, just to kind of end this, let's say there's someone listening to this and they're like, they're at the stage that you were when you first turned on my podcast, like a week into your breakup. What would you like to say to them? Like, what do you wish you could have heard that first time you listened
1: I mean, I think it was something I, I did hear from your podcast, especially even the intro, intro of just like, you will get through this and like, it gets better. Not looking at it holistically all the time and kind of splitting it up into little pieces and milestones of being like, okay, this is what I need to get done now. And, you know, I think from the first couple of weeks, it was a lot of the logistics of moving out of the apartment and everything to just, oh my God, I was engaged and my wedding was planned. And I feel like I fumbled the ball at the two yard line. And now it's like, I need to rush and find a new fiance and like get back on track. Be like, no, 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 like don't focus on that. Now that will happen when it's supposed to happen. Like, yeah, let me focus on, okay, what do I need to do this week to feel better? And I actually ended up staying in the apartment for three months. She moved out basically that night, helped pay rent for a couple months. She was actually still in the building because we had a friend in the building that had an empty room. So. Oh, wow that was interesting for a couple months yeah and so it was really like okay it happened mid-july and then i was there through halloween so it was just those first three months were like okay this is phase one like i was really busy with work at the time and had a lot of events and projects and i was like i can't even focus on losing moving right now so i need to like focus on work pay through halloween move then and and then it's like when i got out of the apartment into my new place like it was breathing a, a breath of fresh air of like all right i made it through this phase like i did this and like my advice for people would be just like break it down a little bit of like what do i need to do now what are things i can do to feel better you know you've mentioned this a lot on your podcast but just like finding that new support system of friends or meeting new people that you can like fill your life with and find new things to do and like you gave the great advice just like call or FaceTime people. Like if you FaceTime people, you're like, it feels like you're in the room with them. Yeah, I've done that so much and it's amazing. And I have friends that on the East coast from college that like I feel closer with now because I talk to them once a month at least. And like the people here in LA that I hang out with more now that, you know, you fill your own, your new life in new ways and you should be proud of yourself as you do it along the way and make sure like you kind of keep track of that. So you can keep track of your progress. Someone, like I started doing a breakup journal a couple of days later. and Fascinating. I think I read it a couple of weeks ago. Like going back and reading some of those and Isn't like, that crazy. Yeah, and it's like those things are important, so you can like be proud of yourself because there were days like the holidays for me were really rough, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, because the first year without her family and like totally. And of course, it was going to be, and I kind of just like light went through the emotions, and I had what my family called Zachy meltdown on Christmas, and it just <laughs> happened, and like we got through it, and it's like it was at those moments where I, you know felt awful about the breakup. The future looks dark and bleak. And my mom had to just be like, no, like you've gotten through so many moments. So far. like, think of how far you've come in like four or five months at that point. So making sure you're kind of reflective on your own breakup journey, I think is the best thing you can do. So then like, like, yeah, like I feel so much better now, six months into it. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here and talk about it. But I know like six months from now I'll feel even better. And like, eventually there'll be a moment where you kind of get through like you'll think about it and be like oh wait I'm not in the breakup phase anymore and like
0: yeah
1: that's not me like I'm very much in it but like one of my best friends who went through one a couple years before me said that to me like a week after the breakup and that was just very helpful if like like yeah like you know you'll get through it and kind of like go through the process along the way and try and enjoy not enjoy yourself as much as you can but be proud of I mean, yourself in some and, ways yeah this. Yeah. And I
0: love that thing of like looking back, because I think if you were to just look at yourself now, like if you just judged your like your progress on how you still feel sad around it and there's still some pain around it, it would feel very discouraging. But if you can look back on how you felt six months ago versus or even right. three months ago versus now, you're like, wow, I've you know, I'm healing like I'm doing it. I'm going through it. I'm getting better. So I I love that advice. And I thank you so much. This was so insightful. So many good tidbits from this. So I know a lot of people will, will really relate to this and I'm excited for you to listen to this six months from now to see how far you've even come since
1: then. Yeah. No, thank you again so much for having me on. And like, this was great to talk about it. and best of luck to everyone out there. Like you'll definitely get through it and like, you know, keep listening to the podcast and talk to your friends about it and like, it will get better over time for sure.
0: Awesome. Thanks Zach. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.